Hey all, and welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Daniel. Hola. Daniel, how you been, man? Ah, pretty good. How about you? Doing all right. This is actually our three-year anniversary. Can you believe that? Damn, really? I know, I know. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought it was like two years. That was it. No, nah, we're getting old. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, this week we're going to do another question of the week. This is what we started doing last week, and it and, uh, seems to be doing really well, especially on uh, the YouTubes. So mm-hmm. here's my question for you, John, or Daniel. Um, we're going to start with, because this is coming out on May 4th, so May the 4th be with you. We got two Star Wars questions. The first one is, what Star Wars character would you want as a roommate? Uh, well, see, I, I was uh, trying to figure out that, that answer to that mm-hmm. question. And I was uh, wondering, like, is it like I'm in their their film and I can learn uh, Jedi powers or it's just more no. like you just get to hang out with them? Nope. You've been saving up for a long time. You're going to school in Coruscant. You got a nice little apartment, but you need a roommate. The rent is high. And there's this Jedi or rogue or something like that that needs a little space. You offer them up. Hey, you want to be my roommate? Who is this roommate? Padme. Uh, okay. Okay. Now, yeah. are you trying to flirt you know. this entire time? Or are you trying to progress this relationship past roommate? That's dangerous. Uh, China. Try to make it a little bit more than a roommate. Yeah. Especially uh royalty and everything, you know. Gotta oh, try again. Yeah. Try again there, you know. Try to look for a sugar mama out of Padme. Okay. Yeah. But then I was also thinking like Yoda, but for sure, Padme for. Here's my thing with Yoda. Yoda I think is gonna be a popular answer to this question. The problem with Yoda is that talking would drive me nuts. You know how like when you live with somebody, <laughs> the smallest things make you go crazy. That backwards talking. I yeah. would lose it right away on him. I'd be like, Yoda, <laughs> yeah. shut up. Here's some hooked up phonics. Get it right. That's I my know, problem with Yoda. So awesome though, too, because you could just be like, especially like we have a lot of friends that watch Star Wars. You'd be like, hey, you want to meet Yoda? <laughs> that would be dope. And then you got to think too, like you're both on the couch, you're watching the game. Hey, did I need a beer? Can you give me a beer? And then he just forces over a beer. That's pretty solid too. You can't hate that. That would be dope. Yeah. That would be um, awesome. Another roommate that I think might be really bad is Chewbacca because you don't know if he sheds. We never heard if <laughs> Chewbacca sheds or not. Yeah. I currently have two dogs that both shed. It's a problem. So I don't need another one. Um, would you want to like hear that voice at nighttime when you're trying to sleep? <laughs> oh, yeah. It sounds like snoring, but louder and angrier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my pick has to be, um, and this is a hard one, I'm going to go with R2-D2. Because oh, I already have so many devices in the house, so he's just basically another device in the house. Yeah. he's. I'm assuming I can understand him, much like Luke Skywalker. The chirps and beeps, I can get used to that. That's not a problem at mm. all. And then I'm thinking, he's just a more advanced version of Alexa, so that I can be like, R2-D2, remind me in the morning to get some groceries. R2-D2, text Daniel, tell him to get his butt over here. It's a walking-talking, more advanced Alexa, and... R2-D2 is not going to get that mixed up with anything else. So I think that's the best one to go with. But I'm also going to try to hook up with R2-D2 like you are with Padme. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Freaking perv. I actually like that question too. I was like, who do I want? We're going to try to do Uh, these questions. Like instead of the playing and watching, we're going to try to do some of these questions too to kind of open things up a little bit. All right, guys, a reminder, the Patreon credits will be at the end of the episode, much like you would expect in a movie or something like that. So all you patrons, you get your shout out. It's just going to be at the end after the Invincible review. 
Uh, other things we're going to be talking about, we have some news about uh, Ian McGregor talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. The show, Riot's doing some shady stuff. Uh, Microsoft lowers their revenue split, and we have some news from Bobby Kotick, stuff like that. But first, let's go ahead and talk about that Ian McGregor. Uh, he promises that Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to use less CGI. Uh, he wants it to be, he's, he's trying to explain that it's going to be more real feeling. Do you think the CGI hurts or helps Star Wars? Uh, if, you if you're going back, uh, if you go look back into CGI, like actually just Google CGI and Star Wars, like there was good CGI and there was like horrible CGI. And I felt yeah. like most of the horrible CGI is when they're trying to get like characters in there. <laughs> but yeah, when they try to like uh, redo the older movies, they would like add yeah. some random character. Yeah. Or like, um, when they, when the character's too old to play that that role, or the person's too too old to play that role, so they like make her young or whatever. That yeah, CGI yeah. is just horrible. Um, but if a good CGI was like when they're flying or when they did the pod racers, like that was good That's CGI. True. So it's like it's good, and then it could be bad. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like it hurts and it doesn't. It just depends. Really? It kind of feels like whenever they force the CGI, like when they're like, yes. look, we have to make Princess Leia look like she's young from, you know, when they did the Rogue One. Um, it's so uncanny valley that it just doesn't look right. Uh, but a good piece of CGI, which was I think was really hard to do because it's so reflective, are the Naboo ships. You remember the Naboo ships in the prequels? They're the yellow ships that are like real fast. And, and but at the time, uh, I mean, looking back now, there definitely could have been better, right? Because everything hmm. dates itself. but. Uh, that reflectiveness, the chrome look in there was really hard to master with CGI. And for it to hold up as well as it does today, uh, General Grievous' ship, same thing. Um, really chrome look. Uh, that's hard to keep keep active or keep yeah. um, you know uh, viable. And uh, I think they do a pretty solid job with that, really. Um, so should they start making more films that you don't have to like CGI people like some way? Because I feel like most of the most of the CGI that's horrible is like when they try to put a character in or like yeah. make somebody younger. Like, should they stop doing that, or do you think that they just need to get better at it, or yeah. what do you think? A little bit of everything, really, because I think they need to only use CGI to enhance physical props. So, mm -hmm. a great example is, of course, the lightsaber. If if they were to fully CGI the lightsaber, all of it, I mean, the the actor would would be having a terrible time trying to control a fake lightsaber. But the handle's real, and they actually use like a, a stick that's representing the lightsaber when the actors are on stage and or you know are in uh, the scene, and then they go in later on and add the lighting to it to make it a lightsaber. So that's a good way of using it, where you have a physical prop that is judging the lighting, because that's, that's what makes dates CGI so much, is, is how the lighting hits it. The lighting the way the character should move with that extra weight in there and stuff. Um, that's that's how it should be done. You know, Starship Troopers yeah. is a really good example of an older show, older movie that used CGI properly in that way, you know. I felt I felt like the CGI wasn't bad in the newer Star Wars, though. So. For now, because like, they came out pretty recently, but yeah, you know, yeah, 10 yeah. years from now. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely see it. When you're like, what the heck? This isn't like holodeck like what we got now today. <laughs> That comment's not going to age well. Um, the prequels were pretty heavy CGI, and people bash them for that. Do you think that that's fair, or do you think it's like, hey, they were trying something new? I mean, you can't really knock them for that. I want to knock them for that. Honestly, I felt like they did 
honestly a, a pretty good job, especially at that time it came out of. Yeah, you know, the time the films were made. So I wouldn't bash them. I, I felt like the CGI was good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the prequels, it's hard because, you know, Luke, or not Luke Skywalker, uh, George Lucas, he had a vision of Yoda walking across the stage. And to do that, he had to use CGI. And so he knew that, you know, this character is going to be CGI. And he starts to introduce new characters. I think Jar Jar Binks might have been too much. Yeah. You know, especially since he didn't really go forward with what his visions were for the story. I'm a big Darth Jar Jar fan. So I'm a believer in that that idea. Um, but yeah, I, I don't don't knock him because the CGI. Knock him because the story if you want to knock anything or something like that. Find a reason to knock him. But the CGI is hard because it's like, go back and watch Jurassic Park. You guys aren't knocking Jurassic yeah. Park. That T-Rex doesn't look great anymore. You know? <laughs> Especially when it's running after the Jeep. It's like, boy, what is this a drawing? So give him another chance, I, I, in my opinion. There are some people who absolutely hate the prequels and fight for that. Uh, and it's like, give him another shot. Uh, all right. Uh, this morning, there was a brand new Marvel trailer that came out. Daniel, did you get a chance to watch that new Marvel trailer that showed all of Phase Four? No, nah, I've been outside work and then yeah. General Dan, uh, Daniel's had a busy day today, but well, let's go ahead and go over all the uh, release dates that were announced. So we have Black Widow that's coming out in July 2021. That one we already knew about. These first few we do. Uh, September 2021 is going to be Shang Chi the Le- and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I'm excited to have the Ten Rings involved again. Mm-hmm. Eternals is coming out November 2021. In the trailer, we got our first look at the Eternals. It was pretty simple. Not a lot of CGI except for a sword, um, but it looks pretty solid. Captain Marvel 2 is now going to be called The Marvels. It'll probably include uh, you know, Rambo, and it'll probably include Miss Marvel. Uh, they're currently filming that series right now, and that'll be coming out November of 2022. Black Panther 2 will now be called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And that's coming out July 2022. We have Spider-Man uh, No Way Home. I did this out of order. Oops. It's coming out 2021. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder, which I just love that name, is May 2022. Doctor Strange uh, in, the, in the Multiverse of Madness. That's March 2022. And I botched all these orders. I thought I had these in order. <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 coming out in May 2023. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Quantumanium, which is just such a tough name to like, is coming up February 2023. And Daniel, at the end, they revealed that, yes, Fantastic Four is coming in phase four. So we don't have an exact day, but it is on the schedule now. So that is coming hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, I like the name Wakanda Forever just because it's in our lexicon, you know, hashtag Wakanda Forever. Uh, I think that's really smart to use that. Uh, and it represents the fact that the movie's now, movie is now phasing into a Wakanda-themed movie and less about uh, specifically Black Panther. Yeah. Um, the Marvels, that's just a good move. I- I'm not necessarily a big Captain Marvel fan, so bringing in a, making it a cast show instead of just the one character show, that's, that's a really smart move. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 I, and, and Thor, I think are both just going to be a blast to watch. Can't wait for Doctor Strange. But she, um, she, Does it say if she's going to still be Captain Marvel, the same one? She will, but now there will be multiple Captain Marvels. Oh, okay. In the comic books, it's, you know, it's the way it is, too. So. We got the whole crew joining now. So that'd be pretty cool. Uh, Monica Rambeau that was introduced in WandaVision. She'll be a Captain Marvel, probably, you know. And then Miss Marvel is is on her way right now. They're filming that show right now, which uh, there were some scenes, some stills from the actual set of them filming that. And it's pretty comic book accurate costume she's got. It's pretty awesome. 
So check out that trailer, guys. Yeah, on our website, you guys can watch that trailer. Next up, all right, Daniel, we're going to be talking about Riot. Do you play League of Legends still? Uh, yeah, I actually do. That do thing. you, do you, yeah, right. Do you enjoy the current game or did you, do you think it was better back in the day? I think it was better two years ago. Two uh, years ago, really? Yeah, two years ago. Uh, the current meta, not a big fan of it. Okay. Uh, well, I would say it hasn't been good since like season two or three, personally. Because I think they're, you know, they're too beefy and stuff like that. They're going for all this defense and eh, it's not as fun to me. But there's definitely some people that agree with me because they were creating a fan-made server called Protoship. The server was a 10-year-old version of the game from a time before many of the classic characters and maps were reworked and updated. Riot stepped up their efforts uh, following a Reddit post from Protoship developer where they showed a conversation they had on Discord. The, the conversation on Discord was between a Riot employee named Zed and one of the Chronoship developers. They went back and forth, and it eventually kind of fell apart, actually pretty quickly, when Zed said, quote, uh, you've obviously put a lot of work into Chrono Shift, but I assure you that Chrono Break is coming. And it was just kind of ha not handled very well and stuff like that. Uh, the Chrono Shift devs on Twitter, or on uh, Reddit, uh, also said that they have been, you know, extorted by Riot and stuff like that. Riot told Eurogamer.com that, like, look, we're disappointed how Zed handled the situation. But we also told Chrono Shift, you guys got to stop making this version of the game. Um, do you think it should be illegal for somebody to make an earlier version of the game? I think so. I, I mean, if it's their game, if it was their game, definitely, like, if, if I made a game and I continued the story and, you know, uh, some, I find out somebody's trying to make, make that old game, I'd be a little upset. I'd want to, yeah. What about think, you? Yeah, I think there should be like a gray area though because you can't play that version of the game anymore. It's unattainable. So yeah. it feels like, okay, if you guys are going to change it, then it, you're leaving it to the wayside. I don't know. It's kind of odd that, that you can't then just use it. Um, I do get it that, yeah, you guys put the money into developing it in the first place. So it is yours. Um, but it's tough. Do you think there should be a, like a League of Legends classic? No. I think it's really it's just done. Yeah, I uh, just continue. Like I could see it, especially well, because we we experienced that for World of Warcraft, right? Right. When they had the, the old server, mm -hmm. but that's that's an MMO for MOBA. Not really. I can't. I wouldn't want to play a classic League of Legends. Uh, it'd be cool, like to try it out to see. Oh shoot, I remember this game. You know, like back then. But I would want to continue to play it. Like, I'd be over it after, like, the first game. So, okay, but then not just for you, but, like, in general for the public, for the, for the gaming industry, should there be a, like, a, a, a classic version of League of Legends? Like, I know you wouldn't play it. Like, just like for World of Warcraft, I'm not going to play WoW Classic much, but I'm glad it exists for those who are fans of it. You don't think that there should be something like that? Nah, I still think, uh, keep moving on. Just oh, continue. man. A lot of the characters back then were so bad. I mean, you know, of course, like when I was writing this article, I was like, okay, is Chrono Shift available to play by chance? Because then I'm definitely going to play this. I was definitely on board. Um, you know, I'm a guy who plays a 17 year old game all the time with World of Warcraft. So I'm okay with bad graphics. <laughs> you know? um, and it's just the nostalgia and stuff like that. I, I, I think that there should be, look, I'd rather League of Legends make the game available, make the, the legacy version. 
And as we get into these like live service games with constant updates and there's all these DLCs and, and seasonal passes, this is going to happen. I play Civilization VI, for example. We usually play it without any of the expansions because it's just a better game. Uh, should that maybe be an option? Something where you can play the regular game, but then you choose like, oh, but I want nobody that was released after this point, but maybe you still have like Garens and Gangplanks. If they did bring the classic, they're just going to try to make money on it too. So it's like, and then if you buy skins for that classic, then it won't transfer to your new, your other account. It's like, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I'm surprised Riot haven't, hasn't designed it. Yeah. It seems like a slam dunk. And then, I mean, just like World of Warcraft and WoW Classic, uh, you don't have to, you can sell skins separately or like in WoW Classic, you just can't have the store-bought mounts and stuff like that in the game. So yeah. there's also that, you know, except for Burning Crusade, there is two of them that are they're introducing. But uh, it, it's also a lot of work because you got to remember they have to patch each each season has to be patched and you have to adjust characters. So you'd have to honestly have another team just working on characters for classic too. I mean, you wouldn't have seasons for classic. It would just be as is a standalone game. Think about it. Uh, in WoW Classic, there's not like arenas for WoW Classic or anything like that. No, but I, I mean, there's still patches. There was still a patch to get Burn uh, Black Rock steps, right? Right, right. Yeah, because they're they're bringing. Yeah, you're right. They're bringing in uh, raids and stuff like that. They are still progressing the game as if it was you know back in the day. Um, yeah, that's true. And I don't know if League of Legends would bother doing that if they would start to add characters over time. Would I would say just, don't, but you never know. I would just say just. If they're going to do it, just go to a certain time, like uh, this last character, whatever character was yeah. released. Like boom, Jinx. I think Jinx is like a good stopping point. Yeah, just, okay, boom. And then uh, go from there. Just just stay, keep it like that. No yeah. more patching, I guess. And then just have all the skins ready to buy as people are going to buy them anyways. And then, right. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I could see it, but I probably, like I said, will try it, play Urgot older god that <laughs> you would like swap <laughs> yeah and then that would be i'll be done that was oh man that older god man nobody played him like I, you were like one of the only people i ever see play him but yeah. he was beast he was pretty badass when you could nail man man immune build Disgusting. yeah i loved it <laughs> i just missed that old garen Gar uh, uh, when i was able to do all sunfire co cloaks and just spin uh, and burn them as i'm going in like oh it's beautiful <laughs> it sounds i mean garen's still the same same character Oh, I know. I was I play I play him on League of Legends mobile all the time. But yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, we're talking about Microsoft. They just lowered their revenue split for PC games. Originally, Microsoft was charging the thirty percent for each game sale. That's what Steam does or did. Um, but now they're moving to the twelve percent, which is more competitive with Epic. So Epic made that twelve percent move. We talked about this before in the past to try to drive Steam down, either down, or as as pulling people and developers away from them and that has been kind of working out uh steam has changed their stuff a little bit it's not as competitive but now microsoft is there uh that 12 percent cut should start bringing developers from uh steam over to microsoft now as well have you used the steam i'm sorry the microsoft launcher for much things on your pc uh just to play like sea of thieves uh to Get in a party chat to play Call of Duty because some of my friends only have Xbox, own Xbox. They don't own like PC or something wow. like that. Yeah, I know it's sad. 
<laughs> you gotta get, you gotta like start a kick uh, kick fund or whatever Kickstarter for those guys to get them a good PC. <laughs> yeah. Do you think what do you, what kind of improvements should they make for the uh, the launcher to bring people over? Oh, uh, they need like destroy it, delete it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a, I got a, a different company come yeah. in and uh, actually make a good uh, launcher. Uh, yeah. The biggest issue I have, and I still, you know, I, every day, every time I try to use it, like I get so mad. Every time I try to connect into a party chat, it doesn't let me talk to them. Or it like it takes like twenty minutes just to connect to a party chat. Yeah. What they need to do is just copy Discord, <laughs> change the name, yeah. and do like its own servers. Like make servers that you just invite people to, and then they could just join that server, or they could even invite them. Like you don't have to steal Discord. I mean. I, I, there shouldn't be a lawsuit, right? If they do something like that. Well, yeah, if they're straight copy Discord, then yes, there's a lawsuit. Well, is there a way they could kind of tweak it though? To they, yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt that there could always be some tweaking. That's the reason that you know stores do look yeah. similar in a way. But um, yeah, you're you're specifically saying for the chat system. Yeah, so, for the yeah. chat system, you make group chats that like you could connect to server rooms, yeah, and then just stay there. The party system just something. does not work very well. I don't like it. The party it doesn't. On it's it's garbage. It, yeah. You're always breaking it in and out. Um, they, that definitely needs to be improved. Yeah. Uh, I feel like uh, there was like a, there was another issue with connecting to my profile every fuck every day. Like yeah. every time I would use it, it's a pain in the butt. Uh, I do like how your game stays on the left side when you come in. Like when you open it up. Boom, Sea of Thieves is right there. Mm -hmm. uh, that's pretty nice. Uh, there was uh, another complaint about... You should be able to play like other games on there. Like Just find it through that Microsoft And then store. add it on there like you can with Yes. Steam. Yeah, that would yes. be nice. That would be awesome. Because I could buy a game just through the actual company and then add it to Steam's library just so that I can connect with friends and stuff like that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah, the storefront, my, the biggest complaint, of course, in, the, in what they're trying to improve here is the storefront. And um, it's like they they overly simplified everything, which made it messy in a way. And there's a lot of advertising games to you, which there is for all the other ones, too. But like the library section of Steam is bar none. It's very, very good. Yeah. And then the library section for Epic is pretty solid. It's not, you know, not the best, but it's pretty solid. It's kind of a little too simple, too. Um, the store section for Epic is terrible. And I just think that Microsoft has such a good opportunity with Game Pass to really expand what a shop can be. It could be such a launch launching point for all of your gaming needs. And yeah. they should have like, you know, a nice clear store and then its own Game Pass section. These are the games you can get free with Game Pass. I think you're going to get more people that way. Um, and then third part, third party games, of course, they have. That's what they're trying to do now is going to help so much. So if the next whatever Grand Theft Auto comes out and it's only going to be on the Microsoft launcher. You're going to get some downloads. It's the only reason people ever have the Rockstar launcher. You know, they're sure they play it through Steam or Epic, um, but you you have to have that Rockstar launcher, the Ubisoft one that you play one or whatever other garbage is out there. Um, but yeah, start getting some exclusives and that's what they're, they're going to have to work on that next. And man, clean that thing up. It's like it's just too simple that it's ugly. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I agree. All right, hot tub streaming. 
is the crazy uh-huh. big new trend. Ooh, have you watched? Uh, have you watched any hot tub streams? It's funny. Uh, yesterday when you got off and I was uh, flipping through channels, I, I was talking to Naras and uh, yeah, I I turned on one and I was like, "This is effing stupid. Why do people <laughs> watch this crap?" Yeah. Well, uh, it's because it's beautiful women in bikinis playing video games while in a hot tub. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. Uh, dude, now I I haven't watched it. Does it? Is does it feel like it's about the game or about her? No, they're not even playing games. They're just oh, talking. Are you serious? They're oh, just interacting with fans and like writing something. That's I seen like two yesterday. And I was like, okay, this is stupid. Yeah. So the streaming world has kind of fallen into two different sides. One heavier than the other, but still. Uh, so let's go over a couple of them here. We have XQC. He's currently the top male streamer, according to CBR. He came out and said that, you know, this is super exploitive of women and, and you know, should be should be st- stopped. He says, um, basically, get this trash off my homepage and all kinds of stuff like that. Because, of course, they're being suggested when they're that high up. And Twitch is kind of like the wild, wild west where anything goes, basically. Um, you know, they're just now starting to tighten down on music rights and stuff like that. So if it's trending, it's trending. It'll, they'll put it up on the front page. Uh, some other streamers uh, have been saying that this puts additional uh, pressure on female streamers because then they already have a hard time with like men who hop in their chat and say something gross and then, you know, whatever. They got to ban them. They have moderators that have to sit there and ban them the whole time. This adds another level to that because then they're over there and, and they're expecting something like the hot tub streamers. But like Valkyrie, another very big streamer, she's like, hey, if it doesn't hurt anybody, what's the big deal? They're just trying to make some of their money. Uh, she said, here's a quote from her. Why are you so angry? It works for a reason. It's free for you. You don't have to donate or subscribe. Isn't this a good thing? Isn't that what men want to see for free? Which side are you leaning on this? Do you think it's good or bad for Twitch to have hot tub streamers? I think it's bad. I don't think it's really a creative uh, thing to see on Twitch, but... On Twitch now, they have so many different channels. They have IRL, where people are just walking and talking, yeah. interacting with their fans. Um, I, I guess uh, today I was watching a YouTube video. It was, it was with the guys from Twitch, and they were talking about hot tub streamers. And they're like, technically, it doesn't break the uh, the rules. Technically, you could be in a bathing suit. Yeah. So... At least if there's no nudity, it's fine. And they're just like, right now, we just don't know. We're just in this mix, like, it's okay. And the only thing they said is, like, we understand if you're trying to ban them. And we'll we'll look into those bans, but most of the time, it's going to be okay. Right. Until we figure out our situation with this hot tub streaming. Because they're not breaking pr- protocol or procedure or whatever rules or um i for me i only watch streamers that play video games because i either want to see if the game's good to play or if i know that person's good at the game i want to see their skills and try to compete or do better or whatever and some some of them are entertaining but to watch a, a, a person in in a hot tub just to yeah. talk to you uh, it's not entertaining to me and i definitely understand why a lot of streamers not just female like all stream- streamers don't like it it's because 
they're putting all this time and effort to work their ass off to get their content up to get viewership. And then all of a sudden, some some girl in a bathing suit in a hot tub is passing their numbers. Yeah. And I'm not saying that girls surpass guys in, in uh, streaming because that's not the case. That's totally opposite. But when they're in a bathing suit, yes, they definitely probably get more more numbers especially it younger helps. younger helps. adults younger kids you know <laughs> uh they're probably in there um not trying and, to offend anybody and older too the creepy old dudes that yeah, are yeah, like, yeah yeah i'm, I'm not trying to offend anybody too, that's, that's, that's the thing <laughs> yeah um so i i do see why people are so upset because it's like you know how long did it take you to get be uh verified you know think of how much Months. work that was and then all of a sudden hey i'm gonna be in there i'll be hairy and everything but i'll be in the hot tub you want to check it out and then all of a sudden like <laughs> check, getting, like, a thousand check views. out daniel's new channel guys Hell yeah. <laughs> he's rocking the bathing suit over hairy there. man oh, uh, but i i can see why it's i i see why people are upset about it especially yeah. like lower number streamers and people that have high views but took forever to get them because they just had to keep busting their ass pushing out content and then all of a sudden somebody's just like oh yeah look at this yeah i one thing that's kind of tricky for me is is because I'm, I'm looking at like censorship on this too i don't necessarily want twitch to be because there's so many kids that watch twitch right yeah so you don't want it to be sexual at all really as much as possible how do you monitor this like how, how are you yeah. okay so if say somebody's in a bikini and they said hey no more bikinis you know and what if they're like, well, this isn't bikini. This is like shorts and a top and I'm in a hot tub. Or you're like, what's the line? You have to have some, some way of enforcing yeah. it. Like nudity is easy. No genitals. <laughs> you know? But but where's the line on a bikini and stuff like that? So it, it will be, I think that's probably why they're waiting so long to, to do this. How do you enforce this? Like, there's all kinds of ways. You uh, it's going to be really hard, especially they have the... Um... Certain streamers I follow, uh, Jari Method, you know, uh, yeah. she does, she's a content creator and she, uh, she does the body pain of like blizzard characters and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Looks awesome. Uh, but you know, she's painting on with her, on her, her, uh, breasts. Right. So it's like, yeah, you're not seeing the nipples, but her breasts are out and she's painting so it's like there's that too. So people are yeah. getting upset with hot tubs, but then you got that. How long has she been on she been streaming now? I don't even know. I mean, at oh. least a year, probably. See, there's there's another thing right there where you're like, what's the, where's the line at? And that's gonna be a tough one to try to figure out. I, a lot of people do it though. It's under the, I believe the uh, I don't know. It's not art 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 oh, channel. Yeah. There's a art channel, I think. It's all body painting. It's all body painting, but Jar Jar does like all World of Warcraft shit, which yeah. is awesome. It'll be tricky. I, I know, of course. I I only watch. It's funny that we're saying this because we're literally streaming this podcast to Twitch right now. Yeah. But I only watch gamers on Twitch. Um, I do like whenever there's like, oh hey, we're gonna do a Power Rangers marathon on Twitch, whatever. Yeah. Kind of Checking on that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, generally that's kind of what I use it for. The the thing that I'm most worried about, like, I think they're going to have a hard time trying to figure out how to censor this. Uh, I do think there needs to be some sort of standard for this. They got to figure this out. Solely for the fact that now you have just another way 
for people to harass women because they're going to be like, why aren't you in a hot tub, girl? You know, and all the stupid stuff when they're hopping into people's chats. There's already, you know how many freaking, like Pokimane, poor Pokimane, she's, she's the top female streamer right now. You go on her thing, you know how many times you see the phrase OnlyFans? I mean, it's like every other thing on her comments. She's, you know, it's just, just unfortunate. And she shouldn't have to put up that. I don't have to put up with that when I stream. You know, nobody yeah, wants my OnlyFans. That's just the internet, though. That's you're always gonna have yeah. that. It doesn't matter if you're on Twitch or whatever. That's, That's why they they usually say like if you're streaming, try not to like get too upset with what your the viewers say because yeah. a lot of them just troll people. They'll just oh they yeah. just I want to see your boobs, like stuff like that. Like take off your top. It it happens, and it's just like when I. I'm watching Jari play WoW, and people are saying that. I'm just like, you guys are just little kids. I'm like, why yeah. are you guys even so do immature? That? Yeah, yeah, 100% right. It's uh, it's it's honestly disappointing to see, but yeah, the, it, Twitch is gonna have fun trying to figure out this issue right here. Yeah, yeah. I I don't want to be in Twitch's shoes right now. They oh, definitely not. They are going like, to make people mad no matter what. Because like. You get rid of the hot tub, then it's like, okay, body painting, that's a no-no. And then, I mean, do you just get rid of I, all IRL stuff, too? Like, and just only strict video game content? Yeah, that might be the stuff they have to make. I know, it's going to be tricky. Like, we were talking about how Ludwig's stream was so awesome. How he had that marathon stream. He showered in the background, but it was, like, just his, like, upper body. But yeah. then people are going to be like, now, wait a minute, You're, he's going to show his body. But, you know, like, you have different things there. And so it, it'll be tough. Like you said, you know, uh, it, it's, it's so weird though. Cause it, like I, they do sleeping streams too. It, yeah. It's just so much con. It's so weird. Yeah. I, know, I, I just like to watch video games. That's it. That's all I care. Like, wow. League, especially league, cause you learn a lot, but all this yeah. extra stuff, it's kind of insane. All right, guys, check out the Geek Freak stream. We promise it's just video games and po podcasting. <laughs> Maybe Daniel's uh, Harry uh, t Hot Tub. Coming soon. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> Harry Tub. Oh, God, that sounds gross. Harry Tub. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the last bit of news we're going to be talking about is the Pokemon cards are hotter than ever. Vice just did a really awesome report. We have it on our uh, link to it on our website, guys. We have a link to all of our sources on the website, so check those out. If you want to hear like, oh, Frank's full of shit, um, check it out. Uh, so they did a really cool uh, report about how there's a boom in the pricing for Pokemon cards. Over the past few years, Pokemon card collecting has been on the rise. Over the last year with the pandemic, it has been like five times more potent. Uh, for an example, a they interviewed a local shop and he says uh, his pre-COVID packs were selling for 70 bucks each. Like the booster packs, you remember those? Yeah. Now they're selling for 450 each. Damn. Charizard is selling at auctions like you would have like the Monet. Charizard selling for 300k minimum, like the old school good Charizard, you know? I mean, that's a house. That's a nice house. Yeah. Uh, celebrities are getting in on, to, on, on it too. Logan Paul, which I can't stand, but anyways, spent $2 million on six unopened boxes. Two freaking million dollars. So, yeah, that's insane. Daniel, did you collect Pokemon back in the day? I did, but I don't have mine anymore. Yeah, I gave mine away. <laughs> yeah, same. I... The only thing I still collect kept was uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards because never got into the card game. I could never get. I, I never understood how to play Pokemon. But so when you but when you had them as a collector, right? You didn't necessarily play. Yes, them as a I collector. collected them. Yes. Yeah. 
My uh, first one, my first three cards was a um, just a random like it was. They were in Japanese writing. They're just like when I was a little kid, we went to the mall. I remember those yeah. were like first three cards were in Japanese writing. I know uh, we we mentioned it before, but I thought it was kind of funny that like we used to go to like flea markets or whatever, and yeah, you'd see a bunch of Pokemon cards there, right? And as a kid, you know, I'm wa- watching Darkwing Duck, but I could spot a fake Pokemon card versus a real Pokemon card like nothing, and it was mm-hmm. kind of a weird. Sk- and then like also bargaining is another skill that we all gained because it was like, look, bro, that that Pikachu is not worth a Squirtle or whatever the trade is and stuff. Uh, so there were some skills we gained from it. Uh, little did I know that people actually now there are people who have their career is Pokemon card collectors, and yeah. I, they they interviewed this one guy who has a house. He said that it has ten million dollars worth of Pokemon cards inside. Not a lot of Pokemon cards, it's just they're good ones. Damn. And his job is buying and selling and trading like stocks, but Pokemon cards. Um, and he was saying like, I don't understand why people don't take this more seriously. There are people who are out there that want it for nostalgia reasons or. Uh, just generally because they want the price to stay high. They think that it's kind of like investing in Dogecoin right now. Dogecoin is nothing. It is a nothing thing. But because people decide to put value into it and it has money, it has value. Same thing for Pokemon cards. It's a piece of paper. Yeah. It's, it's cardboard. But, you know, it's a big deal now. Uh, what was what was your favorite Pokemon cards you had as a kid? Was there any, like, big highlight you remember, like, oh, this thing is golden? Charizard. You actually had a Charizard? Yeah. Hollow, Charizard, Hollow, Blastoise, mm. Hollow, Venusaur. Daniel, you could have bought another house with those. I know. I'm sad. <laughs> That's why you're over there looking depressed right now. I know. Uh, oh, man. And I know the motherfucker that has them. My bad. Sorry, language. No, it's, you could say fucker. We've, we've cleared that a few years ago. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> We're three years into this thing now. People don't understand that. They're out. Uh yeah, I I had my my best was a Blastoise and, a, and I had a Venusaur too, but I never had the the, the amazing Charizard, of course. No. Uh, yeah. I had them all. One of the yeah. things that the collectors are saying that that's really fueling this new rise, even before pandemic, was us as kids now have disposable income, and we're like, oh, we're always collecting these things and stuff like that. So people are going into shops and they're not just buying booster packs; they're buying box of booster packs, easy, hundred bucks for the because even like the current cards are still very very expensive, popular cards that move fast. Um, you know, even a few years ago, whatever, those kind of cards are all real big right now. Uh, there's also collectors, there's a whole other side of it. Most of these collectors do not play the game at all, but there are collectors that play the game as well, and they collect different cards. They're not mm. as valuable, but they're like the, the one tourney player that they're talking to. Uh, he says, that, yeah, Charizards, we don't really collect those because they're actually not very good at battling. You know, they have their other things like Alakazam's or whatever that they're more care- worried yeah. about. Um, Amongst the tournament players, I didn't know this, but there's actually ranks that you gain like you would with chess. There's chess master. The equivalent of like a chess master is a Pokemon professor, which I thought was like, that's such a dope name. That's awesome. <laughs> like Professor Oak or whatever. Uh, we, we're, we're, you know, we're going to be firing up the magic soon, Daniel. Would you ever consider playing Pokemon cards? No. Um, no. You're past That's it. just too much money. I'm, I'm past Pokemon cards. Uh, yeah. Right now, I, I got financial goals. So yeah. <laughs> the only money I want to put into is maybe stocks. Uh, you know, buy more. Yeah. Dogecoin's going up, which is awesome. Yeah. And then uh, uh, maybe buy Yu Gi Oh cards. I would I'll be willing, <laughs> but I'm not trying to spend hella money. So uh, did you know Yu Gi Oh cards actually went up too? Like people yeah, are did. buying Yu Gi Oh cards. Probably for the same like, thing. The, the kids that played it 
are now old enough to like, I want to buy them all. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So right now, like, I was like, I, I have a bunch of Yu-Gi-Oh cards still, and then Dual Masters, and I still have my Magic cards, but Magic never got up, right? Like cards, not really? not not to the same degree, no. I think it's nah. because Magic is almost all all tournament players. I don't think there's yeah. a lot of players. It's like about the tournament players. I have to find. I I know I have. So actually, I was just thinking about it. I know I got some Magic or Yu Gi Oh cards somewhere around here. Um, I ended up just this week buying a big box of Magic. I haven't picked it up yet at BitRL that local auction. I bought a big box of like random Magic cards. So I don't know. I might have a gem sitting in there. I have to see. Um, it's mm-hmm. like. I think it's like 5,000 cards. <laughs> Damn. I bought it for 30 what bucks. Yeah, That's it was crazy. all random. Yeah, so we'll have to see what's in there. I think it's from a closing down uh, comic book shop. But yeah, so Pokemon's huge. If you guys have Pokemon cards at home, go through them. See what you got. You might be able to pick up a new car or something like that. This is the time to sell them because uh, it's like kind of at the peak right now. As people get back to work, it might slow down a little bit. This is the time to do it. And uh, you never know if it's a rare something or other card. You don't know how rare it is. And then it also might be a good tournament card too, so it'll have had another set of collectors. Um, I know if if you got it, I, I gave mine away like a fool not long ago. Yeah, or you know, who knew that it was gonna be worth that much money though? Three hundred thousand for a freaking Charizard is nuts. But yeah, there's one streamer that paid two hundred fifty thousand for a Charizard like on the stream and stuff like. And it's amazing when you're like the the reporters with these guys because they're vice reporters, so they're actually in the shops and stuff. Um, and people are opening up cards and like this one guy who's probably like in his forties, you know. He opens up a deck and it has some card there I didn't recognize because it's one of the newer ones. But he's holding up to the camera and he's like shaking because he's so excited. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh my God. And then he's like, I got to get another one. So he goes and buys another pack because like you never know if my hit again. Type of thing like that. So um, pretty, pretty interesting stuff there. I'm going to have to go through my, <laughs> go through my cards. See what I got. All right. Next up, we're going to be doing our review for Invincible. All right, now we're going to be doing our Invincible review. Uh, Daniel's stepping out. He doesn't want the spoilers. If you don't, I don't blame you for stepping out. Uh, we're going to try to go heavy on the story first. I'll do an additional spoiler warning before we cover the very end. We're not going to go over this story much because the show is still somewhat fresh. It ended about a week ago. Uh, wouldn't you hear this about a week ago? But I, I do want to say something real quick. Uh, this is an A+. So I, you know me. I'm the guy that doesn't give out the A pluses very well, um, very often. This is an A plus in every corner I can think of. So, uh, you know, it follows the story of a kid who's the son of a superhero. The superhero uh, that let's see how far can I go spoilery. Let's see. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to like the third episode. Okay, just just right off the bat, so just a heads up on that because there is a reveal at the end of the first episode. If you're a light comic book reader, you know what it is. Um, I've only read a few of these comics, by the way, so uh, I, it, a lot of the in-between parts I was surprised by. So, um, here we go. Uh, J.K. Rowling, or sorry, J.K. Simmons <laughs> plays Nolan Grayson. He's also um, the, the like, Superman, if you would say so. You know, he's kind of bigger than that. Uh, he plays Omni-Man, but he's, like, kind of like a Superman-level power without the laser eyes. Um, he is from another planet, and he's here to help us, yada, yada, yada. His son is Mark Grayson, who would eventually become Invincible. Uh, he's played by Stephen Yuen. You guys probably know him from Walking Dead. He's Glenn from Walking Dead. And then the wonderful Sandra Oh plays uh, the mother and son, or mother and um, wife, uh, Debbie Grayson. And, I mean, right away you hear those three names, you're like, okay, we got some solid actors. 
let's go over a couple of these really great actors we have here. Uh, we've got Zazie Beetz from Deadpool in this. We've got Walter Goggins from, I mean, so many cool things. Let's think uh, uh, Righteous Gemstones. There's, there's one right there. Uh, Advice Principles. Zachary Quinto. He's from Heroes. Now he's in Robots. He plays the actual robot himself. Um, Andrew Ronalds. He plays William, which is just a friend, but Andrew is like really cool. He's been in a lot of stuff. Kevin Michael Richardson. He plays the Muller twins. Richardson, I promise you've heard his voice before. He, he plays so many characters on so many different shows. He's on Family Guy and stuff like that. He's on a lot of stuff. Mark Hamill's is in this as a guy who sews suits. Clancy Brown. Uh, Carrie Payton. He's, he's, uh, he's uh, the king. Uh, yeah, the king. Uh, Ezekiel from Walking Dead. A lot of Walking Dead stars here. But I mean, it's, it's just one right after another. You're, you're watching an episode and then you're like, wait, is that? Is that Morty? Or is that, I mean, Rick or Morty? Yeah, it's Justin Roiland. Justin Roiland's voice in some char uh, character. Seth Rogen plays a character. John Hamm. I mean, it's Gary Anthony Williams. I mean, it's just one right after another. This is an outstanding cast. Uh, Amazon really put in some cash on that. Uh, they also did it in the animation. Today, animation, uh, there's a lot of computer work involved, and it. it just makes things faster and cheaper. These are animated much, like, there were some parts you could tell computer helped the flags waving, little things like that. Most of this was done with old school animation. Is it sharp? Is it clean? Hell yeah. The fight scenes look fantastic. But that sharp old school animation, this reminded me of like, okay, so think of like the Superman animated series. I don't want to use Superman too much because this is not anything to do with DC. This is an image comic. And this is written by Robert Kirkman, who again, Walking Dead. Um, the stories are so freaking good. It's some of, it's, what do I say? Some or is. It probably is Robert Kirkman's best writing, right? The Invincible storyline. Uh, the total story that I know of ends where this, this season one ends. So that's, that's as far as I know of the story. So I'm with you guys. I'm picking up more comics. <laughs> I got to make sure to read this whole story. And, and, and it's going crazy right now. Everybody's hyped for it. The last episode, I'm not spoiling anything, might be the best episode of television. The last two episodes, the last episode is better. Might be the best episode of television we've seen, we've seen in years. I mean, it has been so, it's so really good. Just, I'm saying like individual episode. Axe Structure, you know, guys, I, I like those acts. It's great for that. Um, let me go ahead and go through some of my notes here. Um, but yeah, the art style is like the old Superman animated series in, in that it's all very well hand-drawn. Um, there are some moments where I'm like, oh, there's a little touch of anime, but no, it, it's, it's really well done. Uh, I will want to say with the fight scenes and I'll save, I'll save some information on, on the, the major one later on, but they did a really great job of like, okay, so here's what DC's problem is. They'll have this fight scene where buildings are falling around and around everybody and there's no impact to that. But this does a really good job of showing close dialogue and changing the pace, you know, on purpose and following that up with a big fight. So where when a building is falling over, it's not just, oh, wow, how cool a building's falling over that looks neat. Or, hey, look, he can stop a building from falling over. No, when, it, when people die, you actually feel the impact in this show in a way you don't feel anywhere else. And I'm just kind of going over the superhero stuff right now. There's so much more to the show than just the superhero stuff. And the books, too, right? You know, everything I'm saying. By the way, I mean, very comic book accurate. And I think that's why they had to draw it this way. You really couldn't cut corners. Everybody's already casting this for the live action version. Um, I don't think we're going to get a live action version and I kind of don't want one. I want this to live in this animation. 
because it's just too too important that it does that. But I mean, most of the characters are spot on from the, from where they are in the comic books. Really, really good job. Okay, some of my notes that I had here. The show does a really good job with the uh, fun sci-fi uh, plots or or situations. A really good example is there are some aliens that attack through a portal. Uh, they fight them off, whatever. They go back through the portal. Now, time is different on their planets where they have decades to our three years, or not even three years, like days, three days. So three days later when they attack, their technology is much more advanced and they have counterattacks because they've been working on them for years. And then, oh, hey, they beat them back again. They come back with more advanced tech. So what does this mean and stuff like that? Like, it's so cool. And the way they play things off, um, that advantage is so, I mean, it's just so neat. I mean, it's something you see only in Star Trek. Star Trek masters this. And um, maybe some like, you know, Black Mirror is kind of the thing that's kind of giving me that, that chill now. Um, Twilight Zone back in the day. Uh, they did a really good job. And um, when Omni-Man, I'll just say when Omni-Man goes through the portal and that whole situation, I'm just like, oh, beautiful writing. Wonderful job, guys. <laughs> Especially when you, you know, everything is going on. Um, there's some continued jokes throughout there, kind of like a 30 Rock situation or something like that, where there's. Um, oh, hey, this guy that works at the White House has a kid who's a stepkid who's a pain in the butt. Later on, that kid's talking about his dad that works at the White House. Fun little things like that that are for the people paying attention. Some other notes here. I got, okay, they, they definitely borrowed some Walking Dead vets. You recognize a lot of the Walking Dead people. The Walking Dead guys, you can tell, are given less massive roles except for, you know, Invincible himself. Um, but some of the smaller roles and stuff like that are just like, oh, you know, this character is going to die off real quick. He's out. A lot of the superhero tropes you guys are familiar with. They reverse them or they play on them quite well. Uh, here's one Superman. I keep using Superman because he's, you know, really the powers you get, you know, they're familiar. Uh, he can breathe in space or whatever. Like, how has he done the space thing? Well, Invincible, they almost treat it like he holds his breath and then he comes back, he breathes a little bit, and then he goes back and does it again. Little things like that where they just kind of give a reason for it or uh, change things up just a little bit to kind of give us, like, make us think why is that a trope is really, really cool. So when you think of a superhero team, you and you say there's a robot on there, or there's any kind of gimmicky character. Let's think Groot on Guardians of the Galaxy. They're a side character. They're usually for comedy relief. In this one, Robot, who is kind of that character, he kind of he kind of seems like he's going to be the character that. And there is another character that's like that guy should definitely be the leader. Robot is the leader. And you see the perks in that. He's cold and calculating, and he's smart, and he's, you know, older than you think. And there's all kinds of cool stuff about Robot. He's a very interesting character. Uh, not exactly, you know, black, you know, anyways, I don't want to get into this place, but, um, seeing him in the lead, it was kind of like, Hey, here's, here's that team that you would expect. Here's the teen Titans. And you know what? Let's, let's take away the guy you think would be leader. And let's put in the guy that you don't think would be leader as leader. How does that play? And it just turns things just enough for you to be paying attention a little bit better. And it's the little things like that, that I really, really appreciate. Another gag I really enjoyed is, is they would kind of like bring in the title card at any point in the episode, whenever somebody was about to say, the, the first person was about to say the word invincible, they'd be like, blah, 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 invincible. And then they would, instead of saying the word invincible, it would be the title card, which is really cool. Uh, they use the music in the show. It had its, you know, normal hero show music, but also in certain moments, like montage moments or, or some fight scenes, they would use actual tracks, like modern music tracks. And that was really cool to hear. And, and it was like, oh man, that's, that's neat that they, the soundtrack for this thing must be awesome. It kind of reminds me of Metalocalypse, why I, like, I own every Death album from Metalocalypse because it was so good. Um, what else can I say about the show? Let's go ahead and get into spoilers, okay, guys? So I'm going to talk about the ending and my favorite parts of it and stuff like that here in just a moment. So heads up on that. 
See you guys later. Yada, yada, yada. Okay. So we, we find out that Omni-Man, Invincible's father, is actually a conqueror, not a helper. And, you know, right away at the end of the first episode, of course, you see him kill essentially the Justice League, right? The Guardians of the Globe. Um, and then that final episode, they, they do such a great job of like telegraphing things. So that final fight when like, again, they're doing those close-in shots, faraway shots, um, scores sweeping. It's beautiful. I always, you know, I just love that when they do that. There's one point where pretty early in the fight, he punches Invincible. He punches his son, Mark. And you see him, his eyes, his eyebrows change. They go up, up a little bit more, back down, and then he goes after him. So from that point on, in the entire fight, you know that he, there's something there. He doesn't like this fight. He doesn't like, and then what's really cool, I mean, it's something that, you know, he punches him here in some who cares where field. And then all of a sudden you're in New York and it's slowing down. The, the, the tempo slows down in the fight. And, oh, some guy's getting a coffee. And then you hear like this loud pitch in the background. And you, you know what's happening. You know what's coming. And then here he comes. He's just invincible being thrown through a building. And they did such a wonderful job of pacing and such a wonderful job of these shots. And it was just, the cast was amazing, but so were, so were everybody behind the scenes. I mean, so many props to the editor and everything like that that got this done. You know, creators, Robert Kirkman, Ryan Oatley. They just did such a great job. I mean, J.K. Simmons, as a, a father who, oh man, if some of the lines, when he's like 17 more years and he's just punching the shit out of Invincible, and he says, what's 17 more years? I'll just have another son. And he's just killing him. And he's trying to convince him, like, all your friends are going to be gone. You age slow like I do. And he's killing his son. And he says, what will be here when they're all gone? And he says, you will be. Invincible says, you know, he will be there, the, the father. And that's when that, the eyes come back. And you can see him change the emotion. And he's, he's so mad. I think he's mad at Mark. I think he's mad at himself. He's mad at the situation, of course. And he just flies off. And we don't know where he's at, but we have to be ready for him to come back. Um, I cannot wait for season two. No. You know what? I cannot wait for season two. I'm buying all of the books. So, <laughs> um, they're obviously, you know, surprise, they're all on Amazon right now. Um, the, the ones that paid for the series, but I, I give this an A plus in full confidence that it deserves the A plus. And I, I've been just adjusting it to friends like crazy already. Um, I made sure to wait to watch it until the final episode aired. So I binged them all over this last week and I, I'm glad I did because I would have been upset if I had to wait <laughs> the Mandalorian thing where I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, so it was really nice to be able to watch them all. And I suggest if you guys have not seen them yet, please take the time to do it. Let me know what you guys thought about it, because I thought it was fantastic, clearly. Um, that is it for the show, guys. We want to give a shout out to all of our patrons. We have Kevin, Scott, Sonny, Marco, and Flypire. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for your patronage. This is actually the first month due to our you know, patronage uh, that we were able to pay for the program that we uh, edit with. So that was paid for by the patrons. We really appreciate that, guys. Um, you know, we're, we're going to try to step up. Uh, we also use, you know, it's Adobe suite. So we use it for editing video. We're slowly stepping up our YouTube game, the intro to the show. Uh, you know, where we do the, you know, me and Daniel talked about, uh, what roommate you would like from star Wars. We're making videos out of just those parts. And it seems to be doing better because it's a shorter video. You guys don't want to watch an hour long video of us talking. You guys could hear it on the podcast. So, uh, it's a nice little new way of doing things. We're also probably going to bring back the quizzes. We're looking at how to make those a little bit easier um, because those are very, 
very labor intensive, <laughs> but they're definitely our most successful videos. So there's so much coming. If you guys could do me a huge favor, if you're listening on an Apple podcast app, please rate and review us. There are subscribes coming. Again, I talked about this last week, next month or later in May. We'll go over that when that time comes. But if you're on the Apple one, please drop us a review. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a five star. Of course, we appreciate the five stars. What I would really like is the words. Please let us know what you guys thought. And uh, anyways, we, we appreciate the lesson, of course. Thank you again. You guys have a wonderful week. Stay safe. We have a lot more Geek Freaks coming this month for you guys. I'm excited to share it with you. For joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.